What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to RizzoCast. This is episode number 27. Uh, hope everybody had a very thank- uh, good Thanksgiving. We are joined today by a very special guest. He is the uh, former Washington Nationals intern. He's a stats guru. He works with a few different podcasts, Bleacher Creatures podcast, Breaking Balls podcast, and he's also a data writer for Pitcher List, Max Greenfield. Max, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. So how was your how was your Thanksgiving holiday? Did you do anything interesting? Well, I mean, no, because we're not really allowed to do any anything interesting. It was the second Thanksgiving with my girlfriend. She was here with my family. Didn't have anybody come over or anything. Didn't go anywhere because you know wanted to be safe. Uh, so it was nice, just nice quiet day. You know, had turkey, all the stuff, and it was it was good. It was a nice day. Yeah, my, mine was good too. We didn't do a whole lot. It was just me and my immediate family. I got to ask this because I always think about it. How many times do you get Max Greenfield from New Girl? How many How many times do you get that comparison? Oh, Is that all the like time. often? Yeah. All, all the time. Like whenever, to be fair, I think it's better to just go with it. Like whenever somebody brings it up, I'm just like, yeah, I'm really good in that show. Uh, <laughs> and then they're always like, oh yeah, you are in that. And I'm like, yeah, uh, but Yet, at a certain point when the f- show first became popular, it happened like very frequently to the point of like, all right, I better just go with it or I'm going to go insane. But uh, yeah, I mean, it still still pops up every now and again whenever he's in like a movie or something or he has a new show coming out. People would just be like, hey, Max. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I, I saw it. You don't have to be the 80th person to tell me that. Yeah. So I brought you on here today because I really enjoyed your Hall of Fame tweets. I like your Hall of Fame takes. I think you're very read up on the subject and hall of fame time really for me is I love this time of year. I think uh, I like the debates. I like the opinions. I like comparing uh, different careers. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I agree. And I like uh, seeing the good ballots. I like seeing the bad ballots. So is this something fun for you? Is this a fun subject for you? Or are you like, Oh God, this time of year again? No, I think this is like outside of like the post, you know, I, you know, the, of the off season, this is the best time of the off season is when we're like in the thick of the hall of fame debate. Cause usually it also coincides with like the thickest of the market when the market's moving too. So, but it's not like that this year, obviously for, you know, a number of reasons, but so the hall of fame debate is always like super fun to just like look back at careers and maybe you like when guys come onto the ballot, you're like, Oh, that guy's better than I thought he was. Or maybe I was overrating that guy. And then, like, you get to see different perspectives on players that might change your opinion on certain guys. Like, you know, I wasn't always on the, uh, you know, Bobby Abreu for Hall of Fame train, you know, when, like, I was thinking about future ballots. But then last year, some people made some pretty convincing arguments, showed comparison numbers and everything. And I was like, oh, okay. And, like, that's the fun of it. It's like you get sort of new information that can help shift your mind. The downside is, like, you might get information or about them that's not so pleasant to know and you have to consider that too but uh yeah i like hall of fame debates i think they're fun i think they're interesting to look at you know i'm not a writer you know that can vote or anything uh but it's definitely interesting to see what some of these people consider and what some of the other people don't yeah we were talking off the air beforehand about some of the crazy things that writers take into account What is the worst kind of method that you've seen regarding the hall of fame? I know the one that really grinds my gears is he shouldn't be uh, he shouldn't be a first ballot hall of famer, but I think he should get in that one. Like 
is beyond frustrating for me because like i mean you're either a hall of famer or you're not so what is some yeah. of the the ones that frustrate you i would agree that the first ballot one really grinds my gears like it's yeah, i agree you're either a hall of famer or not uh i think just like the hall of fame voting you only get to vote for 10 i think that's stupid like it's just if again if the question is if you're a hall of famer or not you get the ballot and you just check as many boxes of how many hall of famers you think there are because then it creates what might happen might you know with some strategic voting right if you're let's take last year for example larry walker's like super borderline he's going to be really close Derek jeter's a slam dunk it's undebatable he's getting into the hall of fame no question about it. the only question was would he be unanimous or not one person didn't vote for him and i'm not going to say that one person was wrong because if they said i know Derek jeter's getting in but there are 10 other guys on the ballot that are deserving and i want to vote for those 10 other guys like if he was the deciding vote on bobby Abreu staying on the ballot or larry walker getting in i can't really argue with his logic there of like i didn't vote for jeter because i had 10 other guys who are going to get in and I knew Jeter was getting in, so I just didn't vote for him. I mean, he's not wrong. That's pretty smart, like the, being strategic with your ballot. I just think he shouldn't even have to do that. He should be able to vote for as many people or she should be able to vote for as many people as they want. Like, It's just a matter of that 10 limit, of limit of 10, I think is just bad. I think it's dumb. I think the first ballot versus regular Hall of Famer, also dumb. I think the better question is, like, are they an inner circle Hall of Famer, like one of the best players of all time, right? And we probably haven't had, like, an inner circle guy for a few years now. Like, I think Jeter's great. He's definitely a Hall of Famer without a doubt. But, like, you know, there are probably better guys on the ballot than him. You know, the thing about, like, inner circle is – on in terms of how they play on the field like barry bonds and roger clemens are inner circle hall of famers there's no doubt about it but they are so riddled with controversy right that it like it's been a struggle for them to get in um but so i think the 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 first ballot dumb limit of 10 dumb and the people who hold like who have weird uh steroid stances like if you vote if you don't vote for bonds and clemens because they were rumored for it but then you might vote for like Pettit or Sheffield. That's a little ridiculous in my mind. Like it's either you either vote for all the steroid guys. Now, if you want to draw the line at they were suspended, so like you won't vote for Manny Ramirez, I can at least understand that a little bit of like they broke the rules. They clearly did violate rules, but they were suspended and then put on the ballot. Hypothetically, they served their penance, right? They did their time per se. So at that point, if they're on the ballot, they're considered to be voted for so if you want to draw the line at that you can but i don't think you have to i think if like if you think manny ramirez was a hall of famer and you don't care about the suspensions that's fine i mean he has other off the field issues that people should consider but you know if, if it's it would probably be the steroids the first ballot and then the limited 10 those are the three main gripes i have with hall of fame yeah i, I didn't really think about the extending the ballot uh, until now, because there's not a lot of talk about it, but I do agree that, you know, strategic voting shouldn't be the case. But since there is a limit, it is. Uh, and I, yeah, I believe exactly. the, the the guy that didn't vote for Jeter didn't vote for anybody. I think he left his ballot blank. Um, I think we'll never, out, I don't think he ever said anything. Is the thing so like we'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know because he didn't. I don't know, but that's a that's, that's another a thing. <laughs> Should it be public? <laughs> Yeah, the writers voted for it to be public, but the Hall of Fame said no. Why? 
like if the writers say it's okay, then shouldn't it be okay if the writers? And the other thing oh, yeah. is like the writers, if they post their ballot, they need to post an explanation. They need to explain their ballot. Like transparency is super important in this. Like being able to understand what the voters are thinking, very, very important. They got to attach some kind of like column to it. And some people do um, like a, like an article. And I know we'll get into this a little bit later when we go over some of the candidates, but I saw somebody put in Ryan Tibidor's um, inbox or Tibidor reposted it. Manny Ramirez got a vote and Barry Bonds did not on one ballot. So I think that's yeah. one of the more interesting. Again, things. that doesn't make sense. That does, it's hypocrisy. That makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. both, both of them did steroids. Both of them have domestic abuse allegations against them so like they're you can't vote for one and not the other like it's there's no possible logic that you can use to defend that but they didn't they don't explain why and it's just like what do you do buy the doesn't make sense to me do you buy the the argument well this person's in that means that this person should be in no, I think that's a terrible argument. I like, I think the the argument of like, well, it comes up a lot with Kurt Schilling, right? Because you know he's you seen a, yeah. an objective, yeah, yeah. It's also like Schilling's an objectively horrible human being, uh, <laughs> and you know, there's other horrible human beings in the Hall of Fame, right? And it's sort of like, well, if they're in, Schilling should get in. No, like, if we have the opportunity to not let, you know, people like Schilling, you know, hateful neo-nazi white supremacists into the hall of fame we should not like we, we shouldn't do that and just because there are people who got in 60 70 years ago right when the hall of fame first started and everything or you know 30 years ago that doesn't change anything just because it happened then doesn't mean it should happen now i also think people bring up a lot well then we should just get rid of all the bad people in the hall of fame I mean, personally, I got no issue with that. But second of all, it still doesn't, like, it's still, the logic doesn't hold true. They're like, well, that's what makes it fair. It doesn't matter. Like, we can't do anything about those people, but we can do something about shilling. And, like, you know, off the field stuff is definitely a point of conversation with the Hall of Fame voting of, does it really matter? Should we even consider it? And, like, that's a tough question. Like, you know, I'm not, however one views it is up to them if they think, you know, we've all, you know, like, based off of previous record of Hall of Fame voting, their play on the field seems to be the only thing that matters. So that's the only thing I'm going to consider. That's a fine argument. If you're saying, well, in the care, you know, in the criteria for Hall of Fame voting, character is like a big part of it. So we need to consider that. And thus I can't vote for, you know, X, Y, and Z. That's fine too. I like it. However you go about the character clause is fine by me. It's just, I hate when I see people using it to say, well, Kurt Schilling could get in, but Barry Bonds can't because he did steroids, or Care Sheffield can't because he did steroids. It's like really, like that's that's not that's not what the character clause is there for. That's that's it's not there to do that. It's there to stop neo Nazis <laughs> from getting into the Hall of Fame, not if they did steroids or not. Yeah, and you bring up a good point when you mention because um, I do believe you know if if we do go back and take out some of the guys like. Ty Cobb would have to, you know, go out or whatever. And some of the other people way back when, I mean, they're already dead. It wouldn't matter to them. However, yeah. <laughs> um, that would mean you'd have to go and, and, you know, completely bleach out everybody. And you'd have to, you know, personally go in and look in the background of everybody. Um, so, yeah, but I, I, I do agree with, with your point there. So let's start with, with some of the, uh, the, the players with, you know, they have their first, 
first year on the ballot this year for them. So the Tim Hudson's, the Mark Burley's, the Tory Hunter's, you know, the rest are kind of, you know, they don't, they don't the have a chance at all. So what do you think about some of these first ballot candidates that are on the ballot? So I think, um, I, th- I would say of those three, I think Hunter's the lowest. Uh, very good defender, good hitter, not great hitter. Didn't play for like particularly long and his peak was kind of that of a good player, not a great player, right? So, you know, I, I, I think Hunter, it's sort of like, he, he's a he's the quintessential hall of very good. Like I, if I were, you know, a voter, I would say, mm, doesn't, doesn't meet my criteria. Uh, but, you know, if he stays on the ballot, maybe I'll give him more consideration, but I would say he probably falls off the ballot. I don't think he meets that 5% threshold. He's, you know, he, I think he ends up with like around 50 career war in both fan graphs and baseball reference. I think his way to runs career plus was around 110 to 115, if I remember correctly. And it's, those are good numbers. Like the, the, like definitely him being on the ballot is a good thing. Like he deserves to be on that ballot, but I think he falls well short of the Hall of Fame standard. Um, for Burley and Hudson, I think if the ballot wasn't already so crowded as it is, they would get more consideration. I still think they hold on to that 5%, but I think if you vote for Hudson, you have to vote for Burley. Like their, their numbers are pretty much almost like Hudson has a lower like ERA, but I think their adjusted ERAs are pretty much the same, like off by a point or two. Um, and then, you know, their career wars are very, very similar as well. They were not strikeout guys. They very much pitched to contact and they were very good at that. You know, they were very good at limiting hard contact, keeping it on the ground. And, you know, both were good defenders. Uh, Burley's got a world series ring. I think Hudson has one too. I think he won 2014, uh, with the giants, uh, and both got Cy Young votes, both were all stars. Like they're they're pretty much this one's a lefty, one's a righty. That's like really the only difference between the two. And Burley had a no hitter in a perfect game. That's that's it. Like the they're basically the same pitcher. So I think if you vote for one, you should vote for the other. Um, I personally, on this ballot, I probably wouldn't vote for them. But like if you ju- if you vote for them, I wouldn't argue with you. Like you know, I, I think you have a very they're very good cases. They're pretty borderline you i could be swayed either way yeah uh i agree with you i think um burley i didn't realize burley had um you know looking back burley had a better career than i thought he did uh and and hudson you know i think a lot of the old school voters are going to keep him on the ballot just because you know wins wins you know they have they both have over 200 wins that's not something that i would go by yeah, I'm sure that's not something that you would go by either. No, I I wouldn't even that's, consider it. But yeah, yes, I would agree. It's something with you. They, the the older voters would. So uh, I think that's kind of an interesting aspect to those two. Uh, and of course, the only returning second uh, year on the ballot is Bobby Breu, and you mentioned it before. And Abreu, you know, high on base guy. I know the Phillies are are trying to really make a push. They they sent out a press release. Um, <laughs> that that a little bit of a ridiculous argument that they made in their comparison to Mike. Like, I get that you want to put him in the Hall of Fame, but that was I was like, this is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it shows Waiter runs created of like a thirty point difference, and it's like there it is, like <laughs> massive difference in the way to run created plus but yeah i mean we forget that bobby Bray almost had 2500 hits um he got on base a ton he had years where he walked you know like 100 times 
like a decade straight or whatever. Um, yeah, he was, you know, before he, you know, kind of got into his late career body, he was a pretty good outfielder too. So, um, you know, he has a very interesting case. And I think now that the ballot has cleared up maybe a little bit more of a, you know, just a complete hitter. uh, The longer he stays on, the better shot he has. If he can keep above that 5%, he's basically a Tim Raines and Larry Walker because Bonds and Clemens and Schilling are in their ninth year, and Sosa, I believe, are in their ninth years. So they're going to be off the ballot in two years anyway. And some of the newcomers on the ballot in the next few years, again, there's we're getting low in these like slam dunk Hall of Famers. You know, we're, we pretty much it's like Ortiz, Ichiro, Beltre, and that's that's kind of it on these like first ballot guys. So a lot of these guys who are like low percentage guys, like Abreu, they're going to see big pushes in the next few years. And I think the, the, the best fan, I, I love this stat about Bobby Abreu is that he's reached base more times than Tony Gwynn did. Like crazy. And Tony Gwynn was a good hitter. Like there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. A guy who has a career 131 rated runs created plus is a pretty good hitter. I think that's his career rated runs created plus last I checked, but uh, actually it's right here. I think, nope, it's not this screenshot. Well, it didn't change uh, from the last time. Yeah. It will, I, <laughs> last, I'm just trying to make sure my memory was correct. Yeah. Uh, but Bobby Bray was a great hitter. Like he was a really, really good hitter. Not like a very good defender or anything like that, but he was a very good hitter. He got on base a lot. And that should be considered when we talk about the Hall of Fame. It's like, all right, what was their triple slash line? What was their way to run screen plus? I think the better comparison for Bobby Bray is somebody like Vladimir Guerrero, who they're very similar. And Guerrero got in on his second year on the ballot, but everyone agreed that he was a Hall of Famer. And I would agree too. He was a great hitter. Vladimir Guerrero is a Hall of Famer. And Bobby Bray was just a slightly worse hitter than Vladimir Guerrero and was a better base runner and played the field. So I think if you put in Vladimir Guerrero, and I don't like doing this of like saying one guy's a Hall of Famer, so the other one should be, right? But I think that's a valid comp. If voters thought Vladimir Guerrero was a Hall of Famer, they hypothetically would think the same about Bobby Abreu. Uh, at least numbers-wise. Obviously, narrative, you know, Vladimir Guerrero had a lot more narrative to him than Bobby Abreu did. But Bobby Abreu was a very, very, very good hitter. And definitely, if I had a ballot, he would appear on it. Yeah, and and you mentioned, you know, you bring up a good point with staying on the ballot, and the ballot's going to be very clear the next few years. And voters just, you know, there's going to be some voters that are just going to have to vote for somebody. They're going to feel as if they have to vote for somebody. You know, you get a Hall of Fame ballot, and you're going to want to fill it out. Um, yeah, so there are people who believe by the, I have to vote for 10. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't feel like you have to do that. Like, if you don't think there's 10, then you don't think there's 10. But I... If you want to vote for 10, that's going to help guys like Bobby Ray. It's already helping a certain shortstop. So we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll, I, we'll see. We'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to him um, for sure. And, and I know you have very strong feelings. Actually, you know what? Let's do it right now. Omar Vizquel is in his fourth year on the ballot. Um, He's going to see a huge jump this year. He is. Mm-hmm. He got, what, like 44, huge, I think? I think, he, I, think, I think he got, what, like 40% of the vote last time? Uh, looking at it now, 52.6% oh, yeah. of he's, the vote. He, it wouldn't shock me if he got in, but he's definitely getting to that 65-70 range this year. He's going to go up big time. So this, this kind of correlates with a question we got. Um, Isaac Klein sent in a question from Twitter, uh, and this is one that I, I know the answer to. Does he get in based on his Hall of Fame or based on his defense alone? Yeah, I mean, that's 
It's yeah, a loaded question. So I'll, answer, I'll answer the first his question by saying yes, that's what he'll get him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second question is, should he get in? And the answer is no. Like Omar Vizquel was Omar Vizquel was very good at making the play right in front of him. He made every routine play. He didn't commit a lot of errors, and errors is a very flawed stat, right? It's very subjective. No one's I'm not really gonna here to argue about the you know validity of defensive metrics, but uh, you know he didn't commit a lot of mistakes in the field. The problem is he wasn't necessarily like the rangiest shortstop or anything or like this amazing arm. He was a good defender, a very good defender, and he played very good defense at shortstop for a very long time, and that's very admirable. But the other part is that there's two parts to a baseball game. There's hitting the ball and fielding the ball if you're a, you know, a position player. That man could not hit. He just couldn't like he he racked up 2,800 hits because he played for 24 years. He has a career Fangraphs war and career baseball reference war of about 45, and he played 24 years. So he's basically a two-win player his entire career, which is the definition of an average player. And yet he's probably going to get into the Hall of Fame when he really shouldn't. Like he was a good defender, and everyone uses the Ozzy Smith comparison, which is all right. If you want to, if you want to do that, that's fine. But Ozzy Smith was a better hitter. Ozzy Smith was also a very good base runner, and Ozzy Smith was a way better defender, way better defender. Like, just not even. There's you could make. I, I personally believe that Andrelton Simmons, based off what we've seen, is a better defender at his peak than Ozzy Smith. But Ozzy Smith may play longer than Andrelton Simmons, so though Andrelton Simmons may not be as good of a career defender as Ozzy Smith. But like, there's just there's nobody close to those two in my mind. Like it's, it's those two guys and just if Omar just be, doesn't check. just doesn't check the boxes. Like if he checks the good defense box, if you want to, you know, put that, but that's it. He wasn't an elite base runner. He wasn't a good hitter. It just, he, he basically gets remembered for standing out at shortstop and making good plays for 24 years. Yeah, and he's that, not a home run guy, and so. no, no, like he's just like I, when people talk about Omar Vizquel, and you know the other thing about Omar Vizquel is just like you know a month ago he was accused by his ex-wife of domestic violence, but everyone, I, I didn't even hear about that. that exactly, much... that's 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 the problem. It's just like when we talk about off-field issues, like we always focus on steroids, but it's like you know these people are terrible in a lot of ways that don't matter to what they did on a baseball field. Yeah. And you know, I, so he's going to get in and if he gets in, like it, you know, will it be a sham? I don't know. Like that's not really a, is hall of fame a sham or anything like that. You know, they just, they, they let in guys that they shouldn't and they don't put in guys that they should. That happens all the time. But yeah, I think if you're a, if you're a singles hitter, and it takes you 24 years to get um, to 2,800 hits. 2,800 hits. I think that's not, you know, <laughs> it's not ideal. Not a good sign. You know, not he a had good like sign. a. I'm looking at it now. 688 OPS. I mean, that's not. Yeah. I mean, he can't. He can't hit. You know, and and I think the Ozzy Smith comparisons really showed up when he retired. Uh, I think that's when we started saying, "Oh, he's Ozzy Smith defensively, but he's you know he's not." He's not. So, <laughs> yeah, Omar Vizquel probably going to get in, but um, the, you know, the answer is yes, he's going to get in, and like, the, but if the answer is is he sh- should he, the answer is no. Like, but I mean, depending on how you view it, the you know, the the question of 
Should Barry Bonds get in? Could be yes, but will he get in? The answer is probably no. Now, what do you think about Andy Pettit? Because Andy Pettit is, I saw Barry Bloom, uh, he might be with Forbes now. He was at MLB.com for a while. Voted for Andy Pettit. He did. And I think Pettit is getting support. I don't think Pettit would have gotten the same support if he didn't have the New York jersey across his chest. Um, well, then, because he wouldn't have made the postseason as much, so that's yeah, definitely. I, a factor I don't out think of it. you know he's got a life. He's almost got a four under an average. Um, yeah, so Pettit's Pettit's interesting. Uh, first of all, steroids, right? You know, yep. admitted, admitted use of steroids. So uh, if you care about that, then that should wipe him away. If you don't. And I don't, then it shouldn't. But I guess the argument against that for some voters that are voting for him and not Bonds and Clemens would be yeah. he did it the right way and he <laughs> He admitted to it. Like what cognitive adds on to the do you have to tell yourself? Yeah. Whatever. But with Pettit, um so he's definitely like he's the definition of borderline. Like mm-hmm. you could go one way or another. He is he is the definition of a borderline Hall of Famer. He has sixty career R war, sixty eight career F war, and about thirty three hundred innings. Um, his peak is good, not great, probably that a little bit below of a Hall of Famer, but he has above average longevity of that of a Hall of Famer. Um, his ERA is closer to four, but his adjusted ERA is still pretty good. I remember on Fangraphs, it was like 80-something, 87, 88. So that's that's good. His FIP is lower than his ERA, so that's why his Fangraphs war jumps up. Um, and his adjusted numbers are so good because he spent the bulk of that pitching in a very hitter-friendly AL East. So that's why it looks really good. Um, does the Yankee thing help? I'm going to actually take the reverse. If, he really, if it really was him being a Yankee help, I think he would be doing better. I think he, because if he were like thinking about the, like when CC Zabathia comes on the bat, CC Zabathia has arguably a worse case than Pettit, but I think CC's going to fly in. Maybe not on his first year, but he's like, I have no doubts that he's going to. I was to just going to bring him up. Yeah, yeah. I'm so going to bring right. him up because he's. If you look on uh, sim- similar pitchers, some sim- uh, similarity scores on Baseball Reference, Sabathia is number one. Yeah, like him and him and the diff- the difference is CC got a lot more strikeouts. Obviously, you know, three thousand mm-hmm. strikeouts, third left-handed pitcher of all time to do that. But um, with Pettit, it's if he were if the Yankee thing were really helping him, I think he would be doing better. I think what people don't realize about Pettit is that he was a good regular season pitcher. And then he gets an added bonus. If you were good in the postseason, I think that should help you. If you were bad, I don't think it should deter you. Like, I don't, if it's pretty much a, were they good? Yes. Okay. That's something to consider. Were they bad? Yes. I'm whatever. Let's look at the bigger sample size. Right. And Pettit was good in the postseason. He was very good in the postseason. You know, again, I don't consider wins or losses, but I know old time voters do. He's first all time in postseason wins. And I think of pitchers that had at least 10 or 15 seasons, I can't remember what, which I think it was 10 seasons. He's the only pitcher all time to never have a losing season um, where he had more losses than wins. I don't care about that at all, but I know some people would be like, oh, that's very impressive, right? So some people might factor that in. I think for Pettit, what's tough is that, again, the ERA just doesn't jump out at you like it's 3.8 something and adjusted as like 80, you know, 87, 88 ERA minus like a 120 ERA plus right around there or something like that, which is again like Hudson and Burley, good, not great, but it's the he was 
the guy you wanted to give the ball to in the postseason when the game was, you know, when the series was on the line, you wanted to give it to Andy Pettit. And some voters that puts him over the edge. I think he gets in anyway, just because of like I think his regular season numbers are good enough on a longevity wise to put him in. But if you don't want to vote for him because you think there are ten other guys who are more deserving, you could totally convince me that there are ten other guys that are more deserving than him. But he's very, very close. Like if he doesn't get in, I don't think it's a travesty. If he does get in, I would be like, okay, cool. Uh, I, I think he's, A, he's one of the few people on the ballot who he's not a bad person. Like, he's a genuinely good dude. Uh, and B, I think it's just sort of, he gets a little, he's been a little hindered by Clemens and Schilling being in front of him. And then Mucina, before, you know, last yeah. year or two years ago, right? So, like, I think that that's a big part of it that is a factor that needs to be considered. Um if I had a ballot, I would probably vote for Pettit, but I understand if people wouldn't. And then, of course, we'd have to hear, moving on here, we'd have to hear the course Field argument for Todd Helton. We heard it for Larry Walker all those years, and here we go hearing it again uh, with Todd Helton. And I think Helton, and I think I replied to a tweet of yours, and I said, you know, course Field would, I think course Field takes a toll on you more than it actually helps you, because uh, playing in high altitude, um, it's tough. I mean, you know, you still got to wake up in the morning for 81 games and it's, it's not easy yep. being, being up there. And, you know, Helton was, you know, had a very, very good peak. Um, you know, Helton was, a, course, Helton was a borderline MVP for like five, five years there. Like he was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Barry and, Bonds didn't play. Helton probably might win an MVP somewhere in there. Very underrated too. Very underrated. He hit over like three thirty a few times. I mean, the guy was just an amazing hitter. Um, and I and think a good defender. Thinks, yeah, good defender. I think everybody thinks of him as, you know, very professional at bat. I mean, he would spoil. I, I saw him at the end, so I would always remember Todd Helton spoiling pitches uh, left and right. Um, tough out, as they would say. Tough out. You know, really tough out. I remember him and Matt Cain went at it. There's like a 16 pitch at Matt bat. Um, I miss Matt Cain. He was so good in his piece. Yeah, Matt so Cain. Good. Talk love, about a guy that doesn't Matt get Matt. run support. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> no run. I was at his last game actually, but um, I really yeah. liked Matt Cain and his friend. But yeah, Todd Helton. Uh, I I actually remember watching Todd Helton pitch against Matt Cain. I think he worked like a nine pitch at bat. I I remember Cain literally. I think I think he was pitching. I don't remember who he was pitching to, but he looked at his catcher and he was just like, "I got nothing. Like, what do you want to throw? Like, I got nothing to get this guy out." And that was Todd Helton. He was just. He was such a good hitter that he knew what pitchers were going to come with before they even knew it somehow. Like he was thinking of the situation at all times. And I think the cores argument is wildly out of proportion. If you want to do the stupid like road versus home stats thing, which is dumb, don't do that with course players. Just don't do that. It's bad. It's bad logic. Uh, but if you want to do that, he had like a career 389 on base percentage on the road. That's higher than like think 14 of the corner infielders already in the hall of fame that's insane like his when he was on the road first of all if you go on twitter there's a todd helton for hall of fame account follow it because it posts the best todd helton stats and he's just been flooding my timeline with todd helton and i'm not complaining because i think he's great and i think he's a hall of famer uh but yeah i mean todd helton should he should have on paper like larry walker he should have been in on the first ballot like he's a he's one of those guys who's like one of the best hitters of his generation, one of the best players of his generation. He should have flown in, just soared in. But because he played in Colorado, 
he didn't get a lot of love. But he's already, I think, plus seven in like the 15 ballots that have been reported this year. Yeah. So he could be, he could zoom way up the leaderboard, which would be great because he deserves it. He's a, he, again, he's a Hall of Famer. That's, that's the only question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is he a Hall of Famer or is he not? And he is. He's without a doubt a Hall of Famer. I think of, he, he has some DUI issues, but like if, if you care about that, you know, I'm going to bring up character issues a lot because I think they're, they're important to consider when voting is like, we're talking about the full body of work on and off the field. And if you, if you think that's a, you know, that putting people's lives in danger because you were driving inebriated is a big deal. I'm not, that's your, that's your, that's your view of the issue. I can't tell you you're wrong. Um, and if you don't want to vote for him for that, that's fine. But if you can't vote for him because you didn't think he was a Hall of Fame deserving baseball player, I think you're nuts. Like, there's just nothing you can point to to me that says he's not a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best hitters of the last. I mean, outside of Barry Bonds, he's probably one of the five best left-handed hitters since like 1990. He's just that good. Yeah, yeah, he had a lot of uh, good people around him. He made a lot of people around him better. You know, Troy Tulowitzki, yeah. Cargo, Lewitsky. Matt Holiday. Even Nolan of- Arenado, he played with Nolan Arenado for like his first two years, didn't he? I think he uh, yeah. helped. I, I think, think Arenado like, came up in in 2013. I think, which is which is right around when Helton retired. I think Arenado's like first or second year was Helton's last year, something like that. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. But I mean, he made every infielder that he played with better. First mm-hmm. base defense, like it. If you are a good defender at first base, you can make an impact. But if you're not, it doesn't really change too much. But he he made an impact with his defense. Like Colorado, I feel bad because at this point in time, you know, who knows what's going on with that franchise. But uh, you know, he is in my mind the quintess like he's the face of that franchise. When I think of Colorado Rockies, I think of Todd Helton. Is he I the only if- guy in Colorado with his number retired? I think they were going to retire Larry Walker's in 2020. So he w- he is the only guy for now until Larry Walker's is retired. But it was My retired guess- before Larry Walker, and that tells you something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's he's Mr. Rocky. Like of guys who have been the face of their franchises, he's he is the guy for the Colorado Rockies, and he should be in. Like, there's no. Yeah. So there's only. I, I I have a really good. Andrew Jones argument because I don't think he should be in and you may disagree with me. Listen, a lot of people say he's the best defender they've ever seen and I'll buy that. But just the second half of his career, you know, just there's nothing in, in his thirties. There's nothing. And I know he did come up at 19 and I know that was, yeah, he turned 30 and then the, he completely fell off. Yeah. And I didn't realize he had 400 and you know, 30 something homers. I didn't realize that that was, um, I think, yeah, I, I I get you. I get what you're saying. Like, I think if he retires at 30, I think he waltzes into the Hall of Fame by now. There's just no production after after 30. There's, Nothing. The peak is there. Like, mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it. But the long jet. I mean, he was just so bad after that that it it's like holy cow. I mean, he was in looking... Japan. He was an in independent ball. I mean, <laughs> it got pretty rough for him. He still might he, be playing somewhere. He but. Andrew Jones probably shouldn't be in because he was arrested for domestic violence, like actually arrested, not like, uh, you know, accused or anything. He was arrested for it. So that's what he has on other guys with domestic violence issues. He was arrested for it, Uh, which if that's a no brainer for you and that takes him off, that's fine. 
Um, in terms of on the field, he's got the 60 career war barely in both fan graphs and uh, baseball reference. Uh, it's the it's the post 30 that actually he was at like 63 career war in both and then post 30 it actually brings his numbers down like so i think if if i were not to consider any off the field issues i would vote for andrew jones because the defense is i mean maybe willie mays is the only center fielder better than him defensively in history he is that good defensively, just amazing. The uh, the bat is good, not great, but since the glove was great, it's sort of not Omar Vizquel like at all. It's he was a good enough hitter to put him in because of his defense. But if you don't want to vote for him because of the drop off at thirty, I would say that the peak is good enough to put him in there anyway. But I could totally understand that, like. You, you you might care more about longevity than peak mm-hmm. and that's perfectly fine that's a fine view in my opinion like if you're a longevity person then andrew jones probably shouldn't be in like because he had no longevity but if you're a peak person and i probably lean a little bit more into the peak i lean whichever way the player goes like if the player is a, like andy pettit is a longevity guy but i think he should be in because of that he wasn't a very good peak jones was a great peak guy but not a very good longevity guy I yeah. still think that you can make an argument that he should be in. It just depends on the player, but I I would say Jones is in for me if you consider no off the field issues. If you do consider off the field issues, I think Jones should not be in. Can you imagine if he kept going and he maybe moved to a corner outfield spot? He, yeah, he could be it was, it was crazy is he probably could have gotten to like that 80 war threshold if like he had stayed healthy and like kept going producing at center field for like another two, three years and then faded into right field for like three years after that. Yeah, he probably we would be instead we would be talking about him as maybe one of the greatest players in the last like 40 years. Yeah, for sure. And center field's weak after, you know, you look at Mays, Cobb, Mantle, Mantle, Griffey, DiMaggio, Snyder. There's nobody after yeah. that that's in the right. Hall of Fame that's relevant. Right. So, yep. It's, it's, um, it's definitely tough out there for center fielders for some weird reason, despite them being like us, the most important outfield spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's, let's go to Scott Rowland because Scott Rowland has my support. Um, oh, yeah. Give me your case for Scott Rowland. I think out of everybody on this ballot, he is the most slam dunk Hall of Famer. Wow. There's okay. no off the field stuff. He's what he is arguably the like second best defender ever or third best defender ever at third base behind Brooks Robinson and Adrian Beltre. Uh, he was a great hitter, like actually a great hitter. The thing that people don't realize is that he's really low on the counting stats because he just didn't play very long, but he was a great player. He is, there's nothing you can say bad about him off the field. On the field, he was a great defender. He was a great hitter and he was a, like okay enough base runner, right? That there's just, there's no argument against him in my mind. Like you cannot argue that he shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. He's got 70 career war and fan graphs and baseball reference, I believe. He might be actually a little bit under in fan graphs. I can't remember. But he's got 70 career baseball reference war. He's like a 125 career way to runs credit plus hitter, 300 plus home runs, 2,300 hits, like an amazing defense at third base. I mean, Again, the third best defensive third baseman of all time in my mind behind Brooks Robinson and Adrian Beltre. Like, there's just 
there's no argument against him in my mind. Like when I think he's one of the few guys where I'm like, why aren't you voting for him? Like I genuinely can't see why people wouldn't vote for him. He should yeah. he should have sailed in on his first ballot. And I think he'll make a lot of gains this year. I really do. I think like he's gonna be like uh, Helton and Vizquel who makes a lot of gains. But unlike Vizquel, he actually deserves to make a lot of gains this year. Like Scott Rowland should be in the Hall of Fame. Like there's no argument against him in my mind. Yeah, and I, I agree with you 100%. I think third base is the least represented position in the Hall of Fame. I think it has the least number of people in and it. And he is an upper-tier third baseman. Like, he's one of the best third basemen ever on yeah, both ends of the ball. Just no data, no, 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 no debate in my mind. Like, I, I don't understand when, when writers can, like, say, vote for Omar Vizquel but can't vote for Scott Rowland. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Vizquel was a good defender, but Rowland was arguably better and just really – really amazing player he's the type of guy that you know nobody you know maybe the average baseball fan didn't think was a hall of famer during his playing days they didn't look at him and say oh he's he's going to be a hall of famer and then afterwards you look and it's like wow he compiled all these you know but i do think that was definitely me when he got on the ballot i didn't realize how good he was like i went back when oh my god scott Rowland was amazing holy cow Yeah, yeah like he was a really good player he had a nine win season so random. I think he had like a few seven win seasons, and then in, in like two thousand three, I think he had like a nine win season. He was really good, really, mm-hmm. really good. He deserves to be in. No debate against him in my mind. Yep. So we're at the halfway point for Manny Ramirez, uh, and you know Manny is. My thoughts regarding the suspension, I could go both ways. I could understand because I mean, let's be honest, the second one really kind of you know took him out of baseball. It ended it did, his career. Quite literally. So, you know, and, you know, if, if you want PED suspensions to count, then why don't, why aren't they longer? Right. Cause 50 games at the time, I guess they're longer now with 80. Um, but he served the 50 games. I mean, he served the yeah, punishment. He served both suspensions, technically speaking. Yeah. But, but, you know, I understand that he knew what he was taking. And I, from what I've heard, he's, he took some hardcore stuff like horse, like, or whatever, yeah. like horse um, reproduction. I don't know what he took, but it was it was weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like horse, uh, horse human growth, or well, not human growth, but whatever. Manny Ramirez yeah. was arguably one of the best left uh, left fielders offensively. Uh, Ted Williams, you know Barry Bonds, Manny Ramirez is right up there, top five. Um, yep. So. What is what is your thoughts? Does those do those suspensions kind of take you out of him? Or are you still very much involved in his? So as I talked about before, like if you are a voter and you say they broke the rules, they got suspended. That's it. Like with yeah. Robinson Cano, recently, right? If that's how you view it, I can't say you're wrong. Like they clearly broke the rules. Like that's that's it's fine to view it that way. My view is you're right. They did break the rules, but they served their suspension and then they got put on the ballot. So the Hall of Fame must want us to consider them to vote for them. So I'm going to vote for them if they, you know, if they got suspended or whatnot, right? So like, I would vote for Robinson Cano on the Hall of Fame still. I would still vote for him even though he failed twice. Uh, with Manny, uh, it's he was suspended. He was accused of domestic assault by his ex-wife. Um, so you have the steroids on top of a domestic violence issue. You're probably listening to this and wondering, man, all these people have domestic violence issues. What's wrong with these people? Yeah, it's not hard to be a good person, people. Like, don't hit your wife. Just 
be a decent human being and we don't have to have these discussions. Um, so with regards to the suspensions, it wouldn't hold me back, but if it does hold another person back, that's fine. Um, in terms of his play on the field, there's no doubt about that he's one of the best right-handed hitters we've ever seen. Like a career 153 way to run scrape plus. I mean, he could hit. There's just, just one of the best hitters we've ever seen in our lives. Um, uh, his defense was interesting, to Fenway say the least. Fenway helped. Yeah, he uh, he. It was a bit of an adventure out there at times for Manny Ramirez, but it didn't. I mean, it didn't matter. He would hit three. He would hit three twenty with you know four ten on base and a six hundred slug, and just hit thirty to forty home runs a year. And he was just a monster at the plate. Oh, I mean, an actual monster. Mm, so you could have kept going. Yeah, I, the, I think the case for Manny Ramirez is plain and simple that he's one of the best hitters we've ever seen. Um, again, so just like Andrew Jones, if you don't care about off-the-field stuff, and I'm not going to say that you're wrong for doing that, um, then yeah, he should be in. If you do, then just like Jones, he probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I just convinced myself when I said that Manny, um, you know, the second suspension ended his career because I think that's – you know, it knocked him out of baseball. I mean, he never it did. Like he signed a minor he never came with A's, but he never came back. Never yep. did. So because um, he he got he was going to face a suspension for the domestic violence allegation against him, so he just walked away from baseball yeah. after that. So it ended. Um, in, it, it Billy Wagner. Quite, Billy Wagner. I am so high on Billy Wagner. I think the guy's absurdly underrated. I mean, like his he's got a career K's per nine. Of twelve point no, that's in Houston. Highest it's eleven twelve is like a which is the highest all time on K per nine. So and doesn't he have like the lowest ERA plus besides Kimbrel and like Rivera? He's got he's he's got the he's got the lowest whip in baseball history, like one of the I think he's top five in ERA plus by behind like Kimbrel and Rivera, right? If you so the thing that holds back Billy Wagner is simply that he's not Mariano Rivera, which I think is ridiculous. I think that's, like, I understand that there are people out there who say we should evaluate pitchers, relievers, and starters on the same scale because all relievers are failed starting pitchers, which may or may not be true. I would say it's more true than probably not. Um, but It's crazy how hard it is to get in as a reliever. Billy Wagner was dominant, like just dominant he was he is the second best relief pitcher of all time like there's it there's a huge gap between him and Rivera I'm not going to debate that that there is a large large gap but he's still the second best at his position to ever do it right we voted Ricky Henderson as the best leadoff hitter and then we voted in Tim Raines as the second best leadoff hitter right but there's a large gap between Ricky Henderson and Tim Raines right like but Tim Raines was still a hall of famer it's sort of a similar with that situation right now with uh, Mo and um, so with Mo and Wagner. I think I would vote for Wagner. Let me get that clear. I would 100% vote for him. But if you don't want to vote for a reliever because you evaluate relievers on the same scale as pitchers, baseball-wise, I'm not going to say that you're wrong for doing that. Like in terms of your baseball thinking, you are correct that relievers are just failed starters and everything, and that's fine. I think it's not fair to do that because relievers are their own position in my mind. But if you don't consider it that way, which is, I I think it's a tough argument to make, but you can make it. Um, 
then that's I, I understand why you wouldn't vote for Billy Wagner because he's not Mariano Rivera. I, I think that's unfair, but I can understand the logic. And that's what I look for when talking about the Hall of Fame is, can I understand your logic behind your reasoning? And I can understand that logic. I don't agree with it like at all, but I can understand it. And I would vote for Billy Wagner. I think he's the second best reliever of all time. He was dominant. I don't care when Chris Russo brings up his terrible playoff resume. He faced like 30 guys. I was going to mention that. Mm-hmm. I yep. don't. I don't care. Russo but, brings up his postseason, and he brings up Hoffman's postseason. Um, I think they have like two person. postseasons under their belt. Like, who cares? You're talking about a sample size of like 50 people. It's it not just, fair. It's not fair. It's so stupid in my mind. It's just so dumb. And he also, um, I think, one thing that might go against him is he didn't. He didn't really play in many games. He only played in 850. He only appeared in 853 games. He didn't so I guess, pitch for very long. No, he. I think if the thing is like if he had lasted like 17, 18 years, right? Billy Wagner, like he'd pitched, let's say like a Mo kind of length, he probably floats in. Like he definitely mm-hmm. he, he glides into the Hall of Fame because he's got that longevity and he's probably got the save total that they're looking for. But yeah, without a doubt, he was dominant. He was just so, and he was just as good in his last season as he was in the middle of his career. Yeah, unfortunately, which, it was really unfortunate what happened to him. I think Edgar Renteria laid down a bunt in the division series in 2010. And he tore his Achilles. Billy Wagner yep. tore his Achilles. So, yeah. uh, that, but he's, he's in for me. So, yeah, I would vote for Billy Wagner. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, we got about six guys left. We're going to speed it up here. Gary Sheffield for me, I think he's underrated on the ballot. I think that he's, um, you know, if he was, here's one thing that, that is a problem with, with uh, Sheffield to voters. They don't identify him with the team. I think Chipper Jones, a guy who played with one team, is easier to vote in than a guy like Gary Sheffield. And I also think that Sheffield's, you know, he, he didn't really have a position. I think if he was a DH, oh, he was terrible in the field. He was if he was a DH, he'd be in. If he was, he was if he's a DH, you know, his WAR would, you know, get up actually there. go up. It would go his up. His WAR would yeah. act. That's how bad he was defensively. When we, and that's an argument against him is that his defense was so bad. Yeah, D-War is a little skewed, I understand, but negative 27.7, it doesn't matter if it's skewed or not. That's pretty rough. <laughs> that's, yeah, like it's not the perfect stat, right? But like, that's really bad. Yeah, a guy who strike he, out, hit, hit, he, hit for a good average. One, He was a 140 career, way to run career plus. I think him and Ramirez are very tied together. Steroid yeah. issues, very much the same, but Ramirez a little bit better of a hitter. But Sheffield was really damn good too. Um, so I think if you vote for Ramirez, I think you don't have to vote for Sheffield, but I think if you vote for Sheffield, you have to vote for Ramirez in terms of if you completely ignore steroids and don't care about off the field stuff. Right. But uh, Sheffield, I would vote for him. He's mm-hmm. there's he, okay. He rumored with steroids. That's the worst thing he did, but he could flat out hit. He gets I mean, so just, overlooked. It's amazing. to over, me. He's yeah. He 500 career home runs, career 300 hitter, career close to 400 on base percentage like he could hit like he could just hit and there's just nothing in my mind that says that he shouldn't be in if you were like his defense was just so bad though i would say you're right but he had a 140 weighted runs created plus in his career like just he could hit and he's got the he's got the like the the counting stats that you want to like over 2600 hits over 500 home runs like i don't offensively you cannot keep him out of the hall of fame and again, as we said, steroids are not really a reason to keep people out if they didn't actually fail a test. 
Yeah, I, I I do think that that the teams thing hurts him. I agree. Um, I I I agree with you. I think it's that actually a does really play a really it's a really really horrible reality. But it's it's honestly the truth. Like Fred McGriff got hurt by it too. Um, so you know, there's a few guys that have been hurt by it. So we agree on Sheffield there. Jeff Kent is another guy who is you know he's got the most home runs at second base. Very interesting. I mean, he had a lot of years with 100 RBIs, you know, but that, of course, is not of interest anymore because, you know, he was yeah. in some good lineups, Barry Bonds. He had Barry Bonds in front or behind, so that kind of helps when the guy <laughs> in front of you is getting on base like 60% of the time. Uh, so that's definitely going to help. Um, with Ken, I think he's better than Craig Biggio. I see. I could see that argument. Kent, like Pettit, Kent and Pettit are very similar. They're they're like the definition of borderline, like super super close. Kent, the the other problem with Kent is unlike Pettit, people hated Kent. Like <laughs> he is not a popular guy. He That's a part a of like what we talk about that we don't necessarily talk about with uh, the Hall of Fame voting is like people don't want to vote for some guys just because they were dicks. They were just not like they weren't fun to be around. And Jeff Kent is one of those guys. He wasn't a nice guy. He wasn't like so these writers that they kind of hold it against them a little bit. Not all of them, for the most part, like I think they put it aside, but like there is a there's a few people out there who don't want to vote for Jeff Kent just because they're like he was an asshole. Uh, but I think for for Kent, he's the best hitting second baseman uh probably all time. I think he he's even better overall player than Ryan Sandberg. You can make that argument. Like uh, his defense is, was okay. It wasn't like amazing and it wasn't atrocious. It was okay. Um, I would, I voted for, I would have, I had Jeff count on my ballot, my mock ballot last year. I keep, I, I waffled super hard last year. I'm waffling super hard again this year. If someone wants to make an argument, like that puts him in, I'll listen. If someone wants to make an argument that puts him out, I'd listen. I think just like Pettit, if he got in, great. If he doesn't, I'm not gonna hold. Like I'm not gonna be too disappointed about it. I would say Jeff Ken is. I would lean vote yes, but I I could definitely be swayed to vote no. I yeah, but real it's, it's late close. Start too. It not a very long career. That's that's the other thing. It's like late it's a very. But he, that MVP really helps him out. Like I think that MVP really gives him some more votes than like I if if he doesn't have it like there's a real question of like does does he fall off, but you know I he's tough it's definitely Bond tough should have probably won it that year <laughs> oh oh one hundred percent Bond should have won but like Bonds was hated by the media so but uh, the MVP you know back to Chris Russo I mean you have to <laughs> it's crazy his Russo brings it up all the time I, Russo all votes for like time. four guys every year and Kent's one of them. Like, and it makes no sense. He won't vote. I don't think he votes for Scott Rowland, but he'll vote for Jeff Kent. And I don't get it. Like that, that one really blows my mind. He also votes for Does he have any Gallup, black ink? So. <laughs> no oh gosh. But um, yeah, so Jeff Kent. All right. Sammy Sosa here. Here's, you know, the, the guys that are on their, you know, two years left. Sosa to me is, and I understand that steroids wouldn't be keeping a guy out, but his difference from Bonds and Clemens is, that wasn't that good of a hitter in terms of like that's what one thing. Expect. I think he's very similar to McGuire in that respect. Uh, 
also, I think Bonds and Clemens were very accomplished before the reported use of steroids. So, like Bond, you know, Clemens had the Cy Youngs. Bonds was 400, 400. Who was Sammy Already Sosa? going to be all, yeah. Who was Sammy Sosa? Sosa? Sosa needed the steroids to become there. I don't necessarily like it, that could matter to some people. It doesn't matter to me. But the thing about Sosa is he's like a career 122 way to runs created plus hitter when he's got 600 home runs. So he was literally just hitting home runs or singles. That's it. He didn't, like, I went through his numbers. I was like, man, this guy literally only hit home runs and singles. He didn't walk a ton. He didn't strike out a ton, but, or he did strike out a lot. Sorry. Uh, But that's it. He, it was hit home run, hit a single. That's it. He was averaging 26 doubles. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's, for a guy who hits 600 home runs, you'd be like, yeah, he's probably like hitting you know, 60 home runs and 35, 40 doubles. Nope. Nope. Not a lot of doubles. Not yeah, a lot didn't of triples. Walk. Didn't walk. He's just, he just hit a lot of home runs. Uh, he was okay in the field. Um, I think I didn't vote for Sosa, but I still probably wouldn't vote for Sosa, to be honest. Like, I, think he's, I think he's just below for me but it's close like he yeah he's he's very similar to mcguire mcguire definitely like was a better hitter than sosa because mcguire walked a lot um but yeah i i would vote for mcguire before i voted for sosa like Mm -hmm. for sure so let's separate kurt schilling here from the steroid guys let's do schilling first um yeah you mentioned it before he yeah he, he garbage human being you know, but I think that it goes beyond politics with him. Why he's not in? Yeah, um, because if you it's, look at it's his, not politics. If you look at his vote percentage in 2013, and I understand there's more people voting in 2013. That was before they did the whole dump of the people who haven't been voting. Um, only got 38.8 percent of the vote. So people don't actually, you know, or at least didn't actually think Kurt Schilling was a Hall of Famer. I mean, I think if you take away postseason. Um, you know, postseason is, I guess, kind of puts him over for a lot of people. I mean, but, you know, Messina's compared a lot to him, but he's a really, really interesting case. I think when we just, if we just look at the numbers, yes, he's got 3,000 strikeouts, 80 career war, like, guy should be in the Hall of Fame. But he's only got like 213 wins or something. So that held a lot of people back on him. Like a lot of people were held back on that for him, which is dumb. I'm not going to debate that. Uh, but I mean, for Schilling, it's not politics. It's the guy's literally a white supremacist, a literal neo Nazi. It's not politics. If politics helped people out, people wouldn't have voted 100% for Mariano Rivera because the guy's a Trump supporter. Yep. Like, it's not, that's your proof that it's not politics. For sure, he's just a horrible person. Mm-hmm. He's just a terrible human being. Uh, well, one of the guys at Pitcher List, Zach Hall, wrote a piece for Pitcher List about why Schilling shouldn't be in, and it was basically just because he's a terrible guy. And you know, the, the the as I've said with off the field issues, like I think it's either all or nothing. Like I'm not going to play arbitrator. What's worse, uh, uh, somebody who's a domestic abuser or a neo Nazi? Like they're both bad. Like so. If you care about off the field, I wouldn't vote for either of them. But if you don't, then you should vote for both of them, hypothetically. Yep. But at the same time, a little bit of me is like, yeah, but a neo-Nazi is just so much worse, right? Like he's an actual neo-Nazi. And that's that's Schilling. 
uh, it's just that's hard like Schilling is just such a horrible human being that I would never vote for the guy ever like he's just he's just too horrible for me yeah he's great picture it's, it's terrible funny because being. he's he's live right now on Twitter as we speak so yeah god <laughs> yeah it's not politics just like kind of Aubrey Huff's whole dealism it's politics. not it's not politics it's not it's just hate it's just it's just hateful rhetoric and like my fear is, if he gets in, it's like, what is his Hall of Fame speech going to be? You know, what is that whole thing going to look like? I mean, he's going to be yeah. standing there next to Derek Jeter and Larry Walker, and it's just going to be nuts. Yeah, you're, you're going to be standing next to the first black owner in baseball history, one of the nicest dudes in baseball, and then there's going to be you. A mm-hmm. he might be the only guy to get in. Uh, if, if it's going to be hysterical, if it's he's a couple votes short or. And Vizcal's a couple votes short. And it's just, it's going to be so, either, whatever happens with Schilling, it, like, I think he sh- doesn't deserve to be in. I would be upset if he got in, but, like, I wouldn't be too upset. I saw he lost a vote, too, on, on one of the, somebody took a vote away from him. Um, so that's interesting. Thank God. Keep it, right. keep it going. Yeah, Bonds and Clemens, final thing here. Um, just to kind of do an overview for me for steroids, and let me let me get it real quick because this is important in my opinion. Jose Canseco wrote this book. Okay. Oh yeah, juiced. <laughs> I've heard of that book. Called out a ton of people for using steroids. This was before everything happened. You know, before everybody uh, yeah. was McGuire, Bonds. You know, he named all the people that he thought were doing it. He was spot on with every single person, and Ivan Rodriguez was one of them. Ivan Rodriguez is in the Hall of Fame. There are steroid users already in the Hall of Fame. Mike Piazza yep. admitted in his book, I have it up there too, that he used Andro, which was the same thing yep. that Mark McGuire was using. I cannot, you know, I, I just don't understand it. I mean, there's guys that are already used that are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, if, if, you, if you don't care about steroids, there's just, but, you know, obviously, you know, Bond's domestic abuse. Clemens had an underage relationship with a girl and then she killed herself. So, like, that's, those are, those are bad. That's like, right. I forgot about yeah. that one. See, we're, <laughs> this Again, is not, yeah. just, it's so easy to not be a terrible person and then we don't have to discuss this. I don't think those things lose them votes. It might lose them like two or three votes a year, though. Which is ridiculous to me, like the fact that they're losing more votes from steroids than they are from like being absolutely heinous people. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you we already voted for Piazza, we already voted for Bagwell, we already voted yeah, for Bagwell Rodriguez. Too. Like there are players throughout history, like Hank Aaron said he took, I think, Greenies, right, which was like a weird form of steroid back in the day. We've already let in people who cheated quote unquote yeah and fetamines is banned today and that's what they were doing so it it doesn't doesn't make sense i listen if you don't care about off the field stuff vote for them because they're barry bonds is the greatest player who's ever played baseball like there's it's him and babe ruth if you vote for babe if you think it's babe ruth that's fine but like in my mind it's barry bonds it's it's just insane how good he was uh but it you know it just these people have these such weird issues to bring up about steroids with them. It's like, but you, you, the reason that they hold it against them is because they didn't need it to be great. 
they already were, which is part of the reason people don't want to vote. But I think what's interesting about bonds and clements is they've only gone up a percent for like the last three years. I just don't think they're getting in. And like, if you want to say that's a travesty, I can understand. Like, I wouldn't be too upset if they didn't get in just because of like, you know, they did pretty terrible things. Uh, but I think as a if you're sort of like the baseball hall of fame needs to represent the very best of baseball in terms of production, then yeah, you need to put them in. Like, they're Roger Clemens is arguably one of the best, is arguably the greatest pitcher of all time, and Barry Bonds is the greatest player of all time. So. Mm-hmm. And plus they, Bonds was, you know, Bonds was on this stuff, but he was facing pitchers that were on the same stuff that he was on, and he was still yeah, way same, better than same, all of them. Same with Clemens, right? Same like, with Clemens, yeah. Yeah, he juiced, but like so did so did a bunch of the players that he faced, and mm-hmm. he still got him out, right? Like when people talk about juicing, they talk about that era, like, oh, it's bad when they juice. Yeah, but so many people were doing it. And mm-hmm. you put Bud Selig in the hall, and he oversaw that whole thing, and he didn't do a damn thing to stop it. And the sports writers made money off this era. <laughs> exactly. They don't. They don't vote for him because Clemens and Bonds were dicks to the media. That's that's why they don't vote for him. And like, they 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 can use the justification of steroids to vote for him. If they actually cared, they would say, "Well, he, you know, Bonds hit his wife and beat his wife, and that's why he's not in." I respect any writer who came out and said that those were the reasons that they're not voting, I would be like, I respect you because you clearly are going about this in the way that you think is morally right. And I respect that. Nobody they has don't the balls do that. to do that. Nobody does that though. Nobody has the gall to do it, which by the way, I think if that somebody who did do that, they would be immediately respected because they'd be like, I can't argue with you. Mm-hmm. You're right. Like, exactly. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to take up a moral argument. I think people's like objections are like, it's not the hall of, that's not the hall of how good of a person they are. Yeah, but who they are as people matters to their baseball career. Like <laughs> how they represent the game of baseball is important. That's mm-hmm. why nobody had a problem voting for Mariano Rivera because he was the nicest guy in the world. Like the people were happy for Larry Walker because he's the nicest guy. Like it's just, it's a lot easier when they're nice. Like that's what I tell people all the time. It's like, like well, how was Mo the first unanimous? Because it was easy to vote for him because he was a good person. He's the best at his position of all time. Yeah, and he's he's the best at his position of all time. There's no debate there. So it's like it becomes so much easier when it's stuff like that. Mm -hmm. All right, so that was a good discussion. We're going to wrap it up real quick. Um, You have a new gig for Pitcher List. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what Pitcher List is and how you got involved? (laughs) Pitcher List is a great website run by uh, Nick Pollock. Um, and VP Alex Fast, who was on MLB Network, I think like two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, they do a lot of really uh, interesting research and stat stuff there. And I'm part of their going deep data science team. So like if people need to look up information for their articles and stuff, I can help them find that information. And then I sort of write about players or statistics that are interesting to look at. Um, so my first piece was on Jonathan Lewisaga and how he can spin the ball a little bit better to create better um, active spin to mo- locate his fastball more and use it, make it a better weapon and make his pitches better and everything and sort of the potential that he has. Uh, my next piece is going to be on Austin Nola about how he projects in the future and how San Diego should be happy that they have him. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. The, like the people who work for the website are really, really nice. It's a great community to be a part of. 
know, on our discord every day. It's just like fun baseball conversations and it's a lot of fun to be a part of, um, you know, I won't be doing, hopefully if things go well, I should say, and I get another job in baseball, I won't be writing for them forever. Uh, you know, but who knows what's going to happen with the job market right now. And if you're listening to this and wondering what the job market is, I can pretty confidently tell you that nobody knows. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of fun. Just sort of like I'm my, my passion is like doing research into player analysis and stuff and sort of like taking data and explaining it to people in understandable ways. That's what I like to do. That's what I'm good at. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a lot of fun. Great people. Uh, definitely read their, read their work. It's really interesting. I think today somebody did an article about John Carlos Stanton. Uh, and then there was the really good Kurt Schilling piece from uh, across the scenes about why Kurt Schilling shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame that Mike Petriello even tweeted and said was really good. So sounds yeah, good. Definitely. Yeah. Peter Brand, I've written out. That's what movie though. That's what it reminded me of when you said you like doing the the data and research with player analysis. It reminded me of when... I used to do ten player evals. How many did you do? Forty seven. <laughs> yeah, that's what it reminded. Actually, fifty three. I don't know why I just lied right there. Yeah, Unbelievable. That, that's such a great so line. good. Max, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Um, how can people find you? Where do you want to plug yourself? Yeah, sure. So my Twitter is at GreenfieldMax18. Um, I do, as Stephen said, uh, every week on once a week after the Breaking Balls podcast is released, I'll do a research review. I also do sort of breakdowns of different sabermetrics on YouTube uh, for that are called Breaking Ball breakdowns of just like ex- explanations of what these statistics are. So if you have no knowledge of these numbers or anything like that, I can help explain them to you. Uh, yeah, it's just that's pretty much if you follow me, probably are going to see a lot of tweets that are just talking about like the hall of fame right now and sort of like player evaluation and sort of just weird things in Bay. You're also going to see me try and get Steve Cohen's attention a lot just because he's got a lot of money in there. They could be hiring people and I want a job. And also just because I think I have an idea that he might like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd be happy to have anybody just the only thing I ask is like, just don't be rude. That's pretty yeah. much it. Like that's that's all I ask. Don't don't be like a t- typical Twitter person. Luckily, nobody's too rude, so it doesn't really doesn't really bother me. Yep, that's that's some good advice there. All right, that's where you can find Max. Thanks for joining me again. By the way, stay tuned. Very very soon, Nick Swisher, who was on the Hall of Fame ballot, will be joining Rizzo Cast. Took a while to get his attention, but I reached out on literally every platform, and now we have. Uh, it was agreed upon and now we're just trying to find a date. So stay tuned for that. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Subscribe, like wherever you at YouTube, Spotify, every podcast network via anchor. Thanks for listening and have a great, great day.